What's up? It's Willie McGinnis, three-time Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots, and I'm hanging out with my man Chris Palme, okay? Chris does a podcast, 30 Minutes Live with CDP Podcast, every Wednesday and Friday night on Twitter, Facebook, and his YouTube channel. Make sure everybody tunes in, okay, to my man Chris Palme's podcast. Again, it's every Wednesday and Friday night on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Make sure you guys check him out. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to uh, Live with CDP on this uh, Tuesday, August 17th. I thought it was Wednesday there for a minute, uh, but I look forward to my uh, podcast today with uh, uh, Don Landry. He's a free uh, uh, broadcaster, columnist, and uh, also a former Toronto Argonauts uh, PA announcer from 2013 to 2018. And also, he's also a former radio personality on the Fan 590 in Toronto for years. So I really appreciate Don coming on today. And if you guys can give me one minute, I'm going to bring on Mr. Landry right now. Hi, Don. How are you? Chris, salute to you, sir. I'm doing well. Nice to see you again. Yes, I, I was just thinking, and I was looking at my one of my podcasts. I guess it's been over four months, and I was like, wow, where's the four months come by? Wow. Yeah, I guess as we slowly come out of uh, some of these pandemic protocols, even though we're stuck in some of them, thing, life has sped up at least a little bit, hasn't it, Chris? I mean, it's not quite the same as it was the first year of the pandemic. We have a bit of freedom and chances to do more things. And I think that makes the time maybe go a little bit more quickly. Definitely. And uh, like I said, I'm, I was volunteering with the Gulf Nighthawks of the CBL, which was nice. I haven't done that in two years. And and I'm going to be back with Rogers TV uh, soon uh, doing uh, Gulf Storm games with the cameras and that. So uh, things. Yeah. So it's kind of nice. I still can't go to the States or go to sporting events over there yet. But uh, things are a lot better than they were a year ago. So and I'm also excited about the return of the CFL as well. So that was uh, a few some of the questions I was going to talk to you about today about the CFL as well. Yeah, I mean, the, the things that I love the most, you know, Chris, a lot of my friends know, uh, football and curling are like the two giant loves in my sporting life. I leave room for some of the other ones too. But if you pushed me and said, you can only watch a couple of sports for the rest of your life, you're going to be football and curling. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, if you ever come back a third time, we'll just do strictly curling because I – do not know much about curling and and I and I have some people on my podcast that actually are interested in curling, which is a good yeah. thing. So so Love maybe to. yeah, the next time we'll just talk strictly curling and you can uh, teach me and educate me on the sport. Happy to do it and and, and happy to talk football uh, both okay. sides of the border too, as you know. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'll start with the questions now because I, I know you have to get going at four thirty. But uh, I just want to say again, thank you for coming on, Don. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's my pleasure, Chris. It's uh, it's good to join you again. All right, let's go. Okay, first one is ready to go. What are your thoughts on the return of the CFL and the 2021 Toronto Argonauts after uh, two regular season games so far? Well, my first thoughts on the return of the CFL, I uh, feel grateful. Uh, boy, did I ever miss this league last year. Uh, I knew I would as soon as the season was canceled. I knew I was going to miss it badly, and I did. And I don't mind telling you, Chris, like when that first Thursday night game was kicking off uh, between Hamilton and Winnipeg, I, I choked up a little bit. I felt a little bit teary-eyed. My old friend had returned, my dear old friend. 
So I was really looking forward to it and keeping my fingers crossed because in this day and age, we still don't know. Things are unpredictable sometimes. So I was wondering if we were really going to get the season underway. I'm glad we did. I'm glad everyone's staying relatively healthy so far. So I was just overjoyed to have the CFL come back. And the Argos, I think, um, as advertised, Chris, don't you, which is lots of talent, seeing that on, you know, on various plays continually, but also a club that, you know, with a lot of these superstar talents and a lot of veterans that need time to really come together as a team. And so I think we're seeing a lot of that as well. So we see some bright spots with the Argos and a surprising win in week one against Calgary. And then you see the not so good last week against Winnipeg, albeit against a very good team. Uh, with the struggles of McLeod Bethel Thompson at quarterback and, and struggles with discipline with lots of penalties that I know drove Argos fans crazy during that game. So they're what we thought they were going to be, I think, um, in the early going at least. We may not really get a great handle on who the Argos are consistently until a little bit after Labor Day, I think. I was going to say um... – you know what? Those two road games were tough as it is. For them to go one and one is a positive. And yeah. the Winnipeg game, okay, they lost twenty to seven, but it really wasn't twenty to seven. If the Argos have, if the Argos could have cut down those penalties and the four turnovers, uh, things could have been different. Winnipeg, to me right now, is still the best team in the CFL, and I think they have the best defense. But the Argos showed to me if they uh, they can play with Winnipeg, but you just cannot have penalties and turnovers. Right. And that can be the bane of a team's existence. Um, just because it happened in one game doesn't mean it won't happen in the next. So this is a big test for the Argos. How disciplined can they be? Well, first, they've got to, they've got to figure out who's quarterbacking this weekend. We know that. Um, but they do have to play much more disciplined. And that means fewer penalties and protecting the ball. But we already knew that, didn't we, Chris? I mean, everybody knows that. It's one thing to say it. It's another thing to do it. You're right. If they clean up those mistakes, uh, I think they can go toe-to-toe with Winnipeg at this point in the season, maybe even come out with a victory. But those are big ifs sometimes for football teams. And so the Argos have to prove it first before I go ahead and grant them, oh, it was a pretty sloppy game, but that's not going to happen all the time. We'll see. Well, their home opener is this Saturday at 4 o'clock against Winnipeg. So I'd just be curious to see how many fans will be at the stadium and that as well because it'll be nice to see fans in the stands and this will be their first home game in two years at BMO Field which is hard to believe. It is. um, It's going to be nice to see them in action on that turf uh, finally and it's it's, it's hard to say. We know that it's it's a tough draw in Toronto anyway in current situation. Some people may not be going to the game. I I myself am not going to go because I'm just not into being in bigger crowds right now even outside. That's a personal decision that I've made even though I've been double vaccinated and, you know, so I'll still wait a little bit, but I know, you know, a lot of my friends are going to be at that game and it'll be, uh, it'll be nice to, to see the team in their, in their home blues with that new spectacular logo. Yes. On their yes. Helmet. yes. You know, Definitely. Um, yes. That was long overdue and I hope they don't ever change that again. Keep that same logo. That's the one that, uh, you know, I grew up with. Same um, here. You know, well, the old one with where the football was brown. And, and I like the old logo, to tell you the truth. I, think, I, I don't know if you agree with me, Chris, but I think the old football logo is, is a little better than the one they have now, just because it's a little more colorful. But 
but I yes. like the one they have now too. Yes, definitely. Okay. Uh, next question I want to get to you, Don, is uh, who do you who are the top teams in the CFL right now? Maybe the top three in your opinion so far for this 2021 season right now. Obviously, Winnipeg, but what other two teams would you think could be in the top? Saskatchewan is uh, is very impressive right now, particularly in that game against Hamilton and on defense. Well, on offense, too. They're, they're one of the teams. A lot of the teams are having trouble moving the ball. Saskatchewan doesn't really seem to be one of those teams, um, although I guess you'd have to excuse them for the second half in their opener against BC where they didn't really move the ball all that well. But they did a nice job for the most part against Hamilton. Their defense has been really, really good so far. Winnipeg is, is the team that you mentioned off the top, and I, I, I'd see them number one right now. And in third, even though it's only been one game, I'm going to lean towards the Montreal Alouettes. What do you think of that, Chris? They had a nice win, and Vernon Davis, I believe that's their quarterback. Um, yeah, you know Vernon what? Adams. Vernon Adams Jr. Yeah, Ver right. yeah Adams Jr., yeah. Um, you know what? They've had a kind of since AC retired, they've kind of struggled. So um, I think they'll go as far as the quarterback play takes them, in my opinion. And they've got a very good uh, fleet of receivers, is what I'd say to, to CFL fans if, if they're – or people are just getting into the CFL and wondering about what the Montreal Alouettes are because I think people that watch it a lot know this is a good team. They brought back their running back, William Stanback, who was outstanding with them and then went down to try out for the Raiders and, uh, and spent some time with them before coming back to Montreal. He might be the leading rusher in the Canadian Football League uh, this year. Um, their, uh, their fleet of receivers is fantastic. So, yeah, it comes down to Vernon Adams getting them the ball. He did a nice job uh, when it comes to that on Saturday night for the most part. Again, uh, offense is a little bit behind the defenses as we go into a season that did not have a preseason to work out some of these kinks. And Montreal's defense, uh, new linebackers, but their defensive line looked outstanding again it's one game and they've got to keep it up but I was really impressed with just how together that team looked coming out of the gate when a lot of teams have not looked all that together coming out of the gate so I put them in third right now I think at a solid third even though it's only been one game and then at the other end of the spectrum you've got to be disappointed with uh, what Calgary and Edmonton have done so far there are extenuating circumstances for uh, particularly the Stampeders. We find out that their quarterback, Bowley by Mitchell, uh, suffered a, a broken leg during that game against the Argos and played the rest of the game on, on that fracture and tried to play against BC. He's out now for about six weeks. Edmonton was supposed to be a team that was going to come out pretty hot, and they didn't. They've lost two. And for the first time, I can't remember the, actually the last time both Edmonton and Calgary were 0-2. Uh, in a season and, and not having great prospects in the early going. It's been a few years since that happened. I think it's only the second time in Esk or sorry, I almost called them the Eskimos. <laughs> the Elks, the Edmonton Elks, <laughs> Elks uh, have gone 0-2. They've been such a successful program for so many years. And But you know what? I, I, I still wouldn't panic yet. It's only two games. They still got 12 more games to clean yeah. things up. Hamilton's also in a, a bit of a pickle too at 0-2 as well. I'd be more concerned about the Tiger Cats because I haven't – I know they've played really good teams in, uh, in Winnipeg and Saskatchewan. But uh, Jeremiah Mazzoli hasn't been overly outstanding in those first two games. But it also could be the defenses that he's facing as well. Partly that. They're, just, they're not on track. And in the first game, yeah, they had that marvelous first uh, drive and then nothing after that. And then in the second game, they had to 
put some injury substitutions in, and that can wreak havoc with an offense when you've got newer guys in there like Poppy White, who looks talented but just hasn't played a lot with them. Um, I'm not worried about the Thai Cats, uh, Chris. I, I diverge uh, from your viewpoint on that one because I think that they're just stacked with talent. They brought back a lot of guys that they had in that run to the Grey Cup game in 2019. I think they get unstuck, and I particularly think on offense, well, Mazzoli's just too good to stay in this funk. He's proven that. And two, when they get I think Devere Posey, the star receiver who was the player of the game for the Argos in the 2017 Grey Cup, he's a yeah. terrific receiver. When they get him off the injured list, I think he's going to be a straw that makes that offense really go. He'll stir that drink. I know it might sound weird because Brandon Banks is supposed to be that guy, um, and, and he might be again as the season goes on, but only – if you are forced as a defense to look at some other guys on that offense as well, does Brandon Banks then get some extra space to do what he does best? So I think Devere Posey coming back into their lineup when he does uh, will be a big boost for them. Okay. My next question I wanted to ask you is, how do the Argos, in your opinion, go about trying to improve their attendance at BMO Field? Because when they moved there in 2016, they figure, oh, they should be drawing 20, 22,000 a game. But they've kind of really struggled since they moved back there to that site, uh, what, five, six years ago? Yeah. Chris, I, I just don't have an answer for that. I mean, it's, it's, it's something that's come up and down throughout uh, my life. I mean, I remember the first, the, look, the first Argos game I ever went to was I was in high school and it was a regular season game uh, against Hamilton on a Friday night, or was it a Thursday even, sold out 55,000 people at CNE Stadium. And it stayed kind of high for a while. Then after they won the Grey Cup in 1983, it was the weirdest thing because they'd had this long, long drought of 31 years. And they were getting good crowds and people were, you know, chanting, Argos, mournfully. They win the Grey Cup and immediately the attendance started to fall a little bit. And it's kind of done the roller coaster, but lower and lower as time has gone on. on. And, and, and during... Those lulls, we, we've wondered, you know, what can you do to put them front and center? I'll say this, you know, the biggest problem that the Toronto Argonauts have, in my opinion, is they're not playing New York and Chicago and Los Angeles and Miami. And I think people in Toronto, the casual sports fan, enjoy playing New York and Chicago and L.A. and Miami. And they don't mind playing Ottawa as long as Ottawa is also playing New York, Chicago, L.A. and Miami. So I'm not sure what you do about that. Um, but, you know, to mix sports metaphors, just keep your stick on the ice, keep driving the net, keep playing as good a football as you can, and, uh, and we'll see what happens. Because back in the day when I was younger, if you had ever told me that the Argos would be a team that would struggle that way at the gate and in the hearts and minds of Torontonians, I would have said, you're nuts. You know, they, they were up there with the Leafs, uh, you know. Yeah. And, and so um, I don't discount the possibility that things can turn again and the Argos are more popular than they have been over the last few years in the city of Toronto. But I'm sorry, I don't have an answer. I wish I did. Um, I would have uh, furnished it to, to them, you know, and packed that place with my ideas. But bigger brains than mine are trying and struggling. So... 
Yeah, because I love that location. That's where the, I grew up with the Argos on that site. And that stadium is, I really enjoy it. And it's nice to have a grass field and the environment's really good. So, but I, I do agree with you on one thing, Don, winning does sell tickets. Winning does help. It does. And, and you know, having people uh, who are interviewed who are compelling, uh, that's another thing. Uh, winning helps being entertaining as you're winning really, really helps. And the one thing that the Argonauts have not had, even though they've won a bunch of Grey Cups in this century, you know, they've had the real ups and downs, haven't they, Chris? They peak yeah. and win in 2004. They yeah. peak and win in 2012. They peak in 2017. And in between and after 2017, what, they've had two seasons where they won four games, right? Yeah. And that's it. So they've really gone up and down. They haven't had the kind of consistency that, say, the Calgary Stampeders have had since, wow, for the last 15 years or so, where yep. even if they're not winning great cups and they're supremely disappointed when they don't, uh, they're winning regular season games and people are coming to their home, uh, to McMahon Stadium and going, there's a real good chance I'm going to leave here happy tonight. I also, um, this is my opinion, stability too. They've had so many head coaches, general yeah. managers, and now they've got a young coach in Dimwitty and also um, Mike uh, Pinball Clements. So hopefully they can start with stability. I think stability with ownership, obviously with MSLE, and then with Pinball and then the new coach. And then hopefully they can keep some players there for a couple of years. Because when we grow up, Don, uh, back in the late 70s and 80s, Terry Greer, Cedric Menner, Conrad Charlware, year after year, those yeah. guys were there. And you identified with the team with those players. And it's been hard lately to identify uh, with the Argos other than Ricky Ray, who was there for a while. Yeah, I think, um, you know, you're on to something certainly there. And I think Pinball Clements has, has echoed those sentiments, hasn't he, Will? And, and even more targeted, he's, he's, he wants consistency and guys who are really good players who are from the Toronto area, if he can possibly do it, which is a help as well. But even with the guys who aren't, like, sure would be helpful, wouldn't it, if Nick Arbuckle became what people think he can become in the Canadian Football League and did it with the Argos, if he emerged as one of the top quarterbacks over the next decade and stayed in double blue, that would be a big help. Or somebody like him. But, I mean, he's the guy in place right now and the guy with the big expectations. And so if you could do that the way Calgary did with Bo Levi Mitchell in Calgary over the last uh, not quite a decade, but all, well, about a decade, then it, it's a boom, you know. Um, otherwise, they'd have to go back to the other plan, which was to bring in superstar quarterbacks when they could. And that's why they went after Bo Levi Mitchell a couple of years ago in free agency. And that's why they got Ricky Ray in a trade. Um, but as long as you get somebody in there who can deliver, be a pro, be entertaining to watch and can stay put for a few years, that I think you're right. I think that'd be very helpful. Now is our buckle hurt right now, or is it basically a competition between him and, uh, uh Bethel Thompson McLeod? Yeah, he was injured during camp and nursing, I want to say a hamstring, but I'm not exactly sure uh, what that was. And so they decided to go with the McLeod Bethel Thompson and as the starter, and he did well in Calgary, and they started him again in week two. But in my mind, I mean, the Argos first went out and got Nick Arbuckle before they brought back McLeod Bethel Thompson. And the idea was that Ryan Dinwiddie, their head coach, knew Arbuckle from Calgary, was comfortable with him, liked him, and had you know eyes on him as the number one quarterback. And and so Arbuckle came in last week and looked pretty sharp for the most part. Um, and my understanding is he was taking first-team reps at practice today, 
Doesn't mean he's going to start this weekend, but I'd be surprised if he didn't. And I think there is a desire to have him be the guy. I think they want to hand him the ball and say, take it. Now is your time. Become the guy we think you can be, the guy you want to be. And we'll have uh, our very good, thoughtful, and tremendously gifted backup waiting in the wings in case things falter. I think that's what they really like to see happen. Okay, well, I guess they're going to have to decide this weekend because I said going against Winnipeg and that defense is not going to be easy for whoever starts this game. Absolutely, and and they, they need to shore that up too. The offensive line has not looked uh, tremendously waterproof over the first couple of weeks, and they need to do better. But their defense, I, I've in two games so far, I've seen great amount of improvement, and I think with the pass rush and adding Charlton, uh, Charlton's, Charlton's, uh, sorry Hughes, uh, as well. So I, I think their defense side of the ball has improved. Yeah, I think so. And they've got great veterans on the back end who can really make things happen. And even some of the guys who aren't so well known to uh, Argos fans. I mean, some of my friends, who's this Jeff Richards guy? Well, no, that he's good. That guy was with Ottawa and uh, and then got a long look in the NFL after that because that guy can play and he's showing it. Um, so they've got great veterans on the back end. They've got tremendous linebackers. We know that. Um, you know, and Enoch Mwamba particularly and uh, Cameron Judge, two guys that were all-stars in the Canadian Football League when last we saw the league in action in 2019. And up front, a little different. They lost, you know, I think a really important guy in Cleon Lang, the defensive tackle who was the linchpin for that whole defense. Uh, so they need to find some answers there. They need to get a better pass rush, I think. There's talent there. But I, it doesn't seem to me, Chris, over the first two weeks that I've seen, uh, you know, Argo – pass uh, quarterback hunters in the backfield an awful lot. Uh, not as much as they should be uh, or would want to be. So I think they're still working on that. They're still a work in progress. And and as much as people don't like preseason games, I do think they do help the coaching staff. And I think it's also good for some of the players too. Because I, I do think yeah. – because they had almost a two-year uh, gap in between. So I think it might take some teams a little bit longer. And, and the Argos roster is 90%, something like 90% changed over from two years ago somebody was telling me i wasn't sure if it was you or mike hogan but it's going to take time for that team to gel chemistry wise gotta you gotta give the glue time to dry right Definitely. you know and that's what it's doing right now okay next question i wanted to ask you I had to ask you what are your thoughts on the new nickname for the edmonton team the edmonton elks now love it uh, when they were kicking around new names uh, that was the one i immediately gravitated to and and, and elks you know, was then kind of got put into the background for elk, which is the more, uh, I guess, uh, genteel way of saying the plural of elk. But elks with an S just sounded better to me. And then, you know, I went and looked online and, and saw that in various or various dictionary dictionaries, the definition uh, of the plural of elk could be accepted as elks. So I like it. I like the logoing. I like that they keep the E-E. -E. And I like that they uh, they can have some fun with it. Uh, they're going with antler up right now, but that's the only place where I might quarrel with them. I think when an, if, an, if an elk were angry, Chris, don't you think it would put its antlers down and yes. be ready to charge? So maybe yes. it'll be antlers down. Yes. And we're moving ahead. Definitely. And I'm glad they kept the colors. Yeah. Because like, to me, Edmonton football is green and yellow, and I'm glad they changed. I kept their colors, just like the Washington football team yeah. did as well. And I hope Cleveland's baseball team keeps the same colors as well. 
I, w- I would be surprised if they change that up. I think uh, yeah. once uh, once they change their name, they'll they'll go with the same color schemes. Yeah. Uh, it's it's just a smart thing to do. People in Washington love the way that football team looks, the uniforms. I, yes. I'm not in Washington, and I love the way they look. Yeah. And Cleveland, again, great tradition with those colors. They're not going to change them, I don't think. Okay. And this this might be too early for you to answer, but do you have any early predictions for the 2021 Grey Cup game, December 12th in Hamilton? Yeah, it is too early. Unfortunately. You know, but you know, fun, the funny thing is, Chris, if you'd asked me this two weeks ago, I think I might have had what I thought was an easier choice. I would have said, well, Hamilton looks like the team to beat in the East. Pretty sure about that. The West seemed a little bit more wide open. And I would have probably said um, and agreed with a lot of people who said Edmonton looks like they have a really good chance to get into the Great Cup. Although I did like Saskatchewan going into this season. A lot of people were wondering because they had some changes. Would they be able to keep the beat going? For some reason, there was still some question about Cody Fajardo. Well, he did it for one season. Can he do it again? Of course he can. He did it for a season. He showed you he can do it. Uh, and they seem to have put in uh, some pretty good replacements uh, for the guys that they've lost. They're still really deep on, on offense. So, so, But as it stands now, I, I would suggest that Saskatchewan and Winnipeg look like they might battle it out in the West. But again, it's, it's all going to change again, Chris, because of the things that we've talked about. Not just the Argos, all these other teams are just trying to get things in gear. And and who's to say who is and who isn't, you know, down the road that that Edmonton isn't going to get it into gear or the BC Lions who have looked uh, down at first and now up in their second game. And if they keep their quarterback, Michael Riley, healthy, I got to like them, too. So but and and then I go back to the earlier part of our conversation. If Montreal keeps playing the way they did in their opener. I don't see any reason why they can't go to the Great Cup game this year, even if Hamilton is uh, full guns of blazing at the time. They can match up, I think. I think it's up for grabs for the East. Right now, the West, my pick is still, at this time, Winnipeg, because I think they're hungry to win another Great Cup, and I think they have the best defense in the CFL, but anything can happen in the CFL. And uh, just because you have a great regular season doesn't mean you're going to do it in the playoffs as well, because we've seen that over the years with some great Argos teams that just didn't win the Great Cup or get to the Great Cup and that. So we'll see what happens there. My next question, John, I'm keeping an eye on the clock. Um, I'm trying to do my two minute no huddle podcast with you. Um, So uh, thoughts on the job that CFL commissioner, Randy Ambrosi has done uh, during the pandemic and his time as commissioner. Well, just general comments, I guess, uh, would be that I, an exceptionally difficult situation for anyone to be placed in. um, And I'm not going to be the one who criticizes what happened because this is unprecedented. We faced unprecedented times never before in our lifetime and not for near, you know, a century had the world faced something like this. The CFL had never faced something like this. Um, So how do you plan for it? How do you deal with it? Especially when Things are changing day by day, week by week, cases going up, cases going down, people learning about the disease. Can you have people together? How can you have them together? And we can't forget, we should not forget that the Canadian Football League is not uh, the National Football League, the National Hockey League, Major League Baseball or the NBA does not have billions of dollars in revenues and huge bank accounts on which to draw. 
Had they, they would have had a season in empty stadiums, but we know that's not feasible. So a much more difficult situation to manage for a guy like Randy Ambrosi than it would have been for a guy like Gary Bettman, simply because the dollars weren't there. Here's what I would say. Was it a success? Yeah, the league is still here. It's still standing. So he did what he had to do in order to get it through. Could it have been done better? I suppose, but I don't again, I don't have the bit, a big enough brain to really tell you what would have been done differently. I'm just thankful that there was a guy like Randy Ambrosi and, and everyone else in place uh, with the CFL who loves the league, is passionate about it, that would have worked hard, as hard as they could possibly have done all through it in order to ensure that it survives. And it has, and it's back. One one thing is too the NFL could do it without fans in the stand because they're huge TV contracts. Yes, CFL has a nice deal with TSN, but not no not near what the NFL has. And the CFL is just like the OHL and the CEBL. It's a, a ticket driven league. And um, like I said, I think they did a good job. And I'm I'm just glad they're back and they're going to have a 14 game schedule. And the Grey Cup will be back. So Isaac he did a really good job in these trying circumstances as best as he could. Okay, I uh, just got one last question. I know you got to go. Um, Don, I'm just going to ask you this one. Uh, quickly, thoughts on the 21-21 Buffalo Bills and giving quarterback Josh Allen a six-year deal at $258 million, $150 million guaranteed. Well, why wouldn't you, right? Uh, I mean, first, I mean, the contract – Makes him the highest paid average salaried player, I think, in NFL history for now, Chris, because that's going to change in the next few weeks or months or whatever. These records don't last that long, but uh, I don't. how could you do otherwise? Why would you do otherwise? That guy has shown uh, great improvement, great leadership skills, um, hunger, creativity. He's the guy. So you ink him, you get him in place. The team, really close to being a Super Bowl champion. You need him. So, you know, I hate using the phrase no-brainer, but it really was. That that had to happen. Good on them for getting it done. And they've got a lot of other great uh, players in place right now. And I guess, uh, you know, not following them as closely as I do, you know, the Canadian Football League, uh, from my understanding. And maybe you know this, Chris. I, you know, they want to improve the pass rush. They're hoping that they have a better defensive line situation this yep. year. I didn't see a lot of weaknesses on the Buffalo Bills last year. So if that was one of them, okay, address it and go from there. Quickly, I just saw two weaknesses. Uh, they didn't have a consistent running game, and their pass rush was non-existent. So I think if Singletary and Moss stay healthy and they can take some pressure off of Josh Allen and having him do it all, and then their pass rush can uh, get to the other team's quarterback a little more, that will help the linebackers and help the secondary even do a better job. Well, good notes. Excellent. I forgot about the running game, and you're right. And there are different ways to do that. You can have a power running back and a guy who's going to get the ball constantly, you know, and is and is going to get you eight, 900, maybe 1,100 yards, you hope. Or you can do different things with uh, some of those speedy receivers running little traps and jet sweeps and things like that. We see that a lot in the Canadian Football League. We're seeing it more in the NFL, right, with the New Orleans Saints. They've been doing that. The Pittsburgh Steelers, I hear, this year are going to have an offense that's going to make me very happy if it's going to be as advertised because I understand they're going to do a lot of that. Yeah, and they got that running back, uh, Harris, I guess they drafted him, and I think he's going to help Ben Roethlisberger and uh, make them a better uh, offense. And I and the Steelers are one of those franchises that are pretty consistent year after year. Don, yeah, yeah. I would – 
I'd love to talk to you more, but I'm going to uh, let you go because you said you had to get going. But I just want to say, before you let you go, can you just tell my media, or sorry, my audience, where they can find you on social media? Yeah, you can find me. Uh, I have a couple of Twitter accounts, Don Landry Media, or if you're uh, football specific, you can follow me at CFL Landry, and that's uh, all CFL all the time. Um, and I have a website as well, uh, DonLandry.com. You can check out some of my stuff there. Okay, perfect. Don, I want to say thank you so much for coming on today. And um, hopefully I can get you to come back again in maybe in another month or two. And uh, we can talk more uh, curling and maybe a little more NFL too. All right, Chris, been a pleasure. Thanks a lot. You take care. You too. Thanks, Don. Take care. Anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed my uh, podcast today with uh, Don Landry and uh, some CFL talk in that. And I'm going to hopefully have Don come back again on in the future. And we'll talk a little more NFL, a little more CFL. And for people who like curling, I uh, I'm, I don't know much a lot about curling, uh, but definitely we'll try to get Don back again in the next month at two as well. And you guys can also follow his website is DonLandry.com. You can check him out there. And also you can check out his Twitter account as well. So anyways, I uh, like I said, we'll just talk a little more sports. Uh, like I said, right now, I'll just talk a little more sports right here. Philadelphia Eagles this year will have two members to their Hall of Fame. October 14th, Trey Thomas, offensive tackle from 98 to 08. And uh, former Michigan Wolverine, John Runyon, Runyon uh, offensive tackle from 08. 2008 will be in their uh, Hall of Fame October 14th. I'm looking forward to that. And the Philadelphia Eagles next preseason game will be this Thursday, August 19th at 7.30 against Cam Newton, Mac Jones in the New England Patriots at Lincoln Financial Field. Hopefully Devontae Smith uh, will be in the lineup for the Eagles. Uh, I Even though they lost 24-16 to Pittsburgh, I did like the fact Jalen Hurts uh, looked more comfortable in the pocket and um, had good uh, had good throws and awareness in the pocket, and also like Quez Watkins, who had a 79 yard TD reception from uh, Joe Flacco, and Jake Elliott, the kicker, went three for three. There were some positives there, so I'm hoping uh, Devonte Smith uh, will be in the lineup uh, for the Birds this Thursday against the Patriots, and I like to see John Hightower uh, do a little more, and also Jalen Rieger as well. So uh, I'm not worried about wins and losses in preseason. I just want to see how some of the veterans are going to do and some of these young players. And I think Devontae Smith is going to be a, a key addition uh, to the Eagles this year, as well as Quaz Watkins. Philly sports guy Jamie uh, last year was all over about Quaz Watkins. He is the fastest player on the Eagles, and he should have been a little more involved last year with the offense. But I really do think with Nick Sarani and this new coaching staff, Quaz Watkins will be a, a definitely an impact player uh, for the Eagles this year, along with Devontae Smith as well. So anyways, uh, like I said, guys, just some other news. Uh, the CABL championship weekend is this weekend, uh, August 18th to the 22nd in Edmonton uh, with the defending champion Stingers in this tournament, along with Niagara River Lions, Ottawa Blackjacks, who upset Hamilton in the Fraser Valley Bandits, who eliminated Guelph on uh, Sunday in Fraser Valley. So I'm looking forward to that. My prediction is uh, Edmonton repeats as CBL uh, champions as well. And some other CEBL news. Uh, yesterday they announced uh, the CF CEBL's eighth franchise is now going to be called the Scarborough Shooting Stars, and they'll take place in 2020, 
or sorry, 2022, and uh, look forward to them as having the eights team. And I'm hoping to have a couple of guys on in the next couple of weeks uh, connected with the Guelph Nighthawks come on my podcast and talk about the CEBL and their uh, connections with the Guelph Nighthawks. So when uh, I can confirm a date and time, I will let you guys know as well. And some other sports news, guys. The Detroit Tigers are home to the uh, LA Angels tonight at Comerica Park for a three-game home series against Miguel Cabrera. And Cabrera is only one home run uh, away from hitting number 500. So I'm hoping he can get it in Detroit this week. Uh, They have a three-game series against the Angels, and then they're in Toronto for three. So I do think he'll hit number 500 this week. It's a matter if it's going to be in Detroit or Toronto. So we'll see. Anyways, uh, let's see some other news. Uh, the Boston Celtics, Sacramento Kings tonight at 9 p.m. Square off for the Summer League title. Boston and Sacramento will play for the right to win the uh, Summer League title tonight at 9 o'clock. Uh, the Pistons last night won 79-78 to over the Orlando Magic. Uh, the Pistons uh, finished the Summer League at 3-2. and two. And last night, uh, Luca Garza had uh, 21 points for the Pistons. And to me, Luca uh, Garza might be the steal of the NBA draft. Everyone's talking about uh, Katie Cunningham obviously and Jalen Greed but I think uh, Luca Garza is going to be a, a fine addition to the Pistons and I'm really looking forward to the 21 22 and 22 Detroit Pistons as well uh, before I head out I'm going to show a little bit of highlights uh, from that uh, game last night as well so just one sec guys and I'm going to put that on here oops one second I'm a one-man crew here and I'm going to put some highlights on here Luca Garza coming off his best game of summer league so far and Putting up 20 points and 14 rebounds. Saban Lee also coming up, perhaps his most prolific outing a couple of nights ago. Doing a nice job running the offense in the absence of Killian Hayes and Cunningham. And boy, Littleson has shot the ball very well, extremely well. Oh, man, he looks like a South Beach. Some of my friends got held back in the third grade. He looks like a guy you hang out with in South Beach, man. And I know that's where he makes his summer home. He's not shy about shooting that three-pointer during summer league. He's done a decent job. And on cue, he drills one friend. Yeah, exactly. And the reason he's doing that, Mark, is because... And Lee up court. He said he got a nice visit in with his former collegiate coach, Jerry Stackhouse, who's here. And Garza drills the three ball. Boy, Detroit racing out of the gates. Player development, Dwayne Casey, the head coach of the Pistons, has a proven and true player development program going back to his days with the Raptors that you know the dilemma for John Hammond and Jeff Weldon with a guy like him is you could use it oh boy Lee exposes to the bucket boy has he been good today's the day start something new with GoDaddy choose a domain that Brez Dacus who was initially drafted by the Knicks a couple of years ago Spent most of his time in the G League. That bucket good. He's gotten a lot of minutes. Big body in the paint for them. Here's Garza, top of the key. Got it. He's like two for two. Yeah, they did. They did. They okay, did. so he's, he's part of this franchise, man. I, he can clean up that defensive end, Mark. He's an NBA yep. scorer. Downton with the long two. So congratulations on signing your two-way contract. Tell me, what's the first thing you're going to buy with that dough as he cashes in? Anyways, guys, that's just some of the highlights.
courtesy of the NBA uh, from last night's uh, summer league game between the Pistons and Magic. I really look forward to this uh, 21-22 Pistons team. And like I said, uh, Luca Garza and, and then getting Cade Cunningham and then Isaiah Livers, who they got from Michigan Wolverines, and then also Killian Hayes and then Saquon Bay and then Sabrian Lee. So I really think the Pistons, I'm going to say this, I think the Pistons could be a playoff team next year in the Eastern Conference with this young team. And uh, getting Kelly Olenek, uh, the former Celtic as well, uh, will help as well. And then they got Isaiah Stewart. So I really think the Pistons are going to be an exciting young team next year. And fingers crossed, but I think they could make the playoffs next year. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Guys, some other sports news. Toronto Argonauts 1-1 one one after their uh, loss to Winnipeg uh, Friday night. Their home opener is this Saturday, August 21st at 4 o'clock Eastern against the defending Grey Cup champion Winnipeg Blue Bombers. We'll find out if it's Bessel McLeod, uh, Thompson McLeod starting, or it'll be Nate, uh, Nate Arbuckle. So we'll see what happens there, but hopefully there'll be a good crowd at BMO Field as well. So I'm looking forward to that. And just before I go, I'm just going to do comments couple comments and then uh my next two podcasts i have two podcasts on friday as well uh just one second uh mark richardson hello hi mark thanks for watching and mark richardson again good guest thanks again mark for watching i really appreciate that uh like i said mark's one of my uh loyal uh viewers and listeners to my podcast since i started this so thank you so much mark i hope you're doing well and uh, i look forward to seeing you at the Gulf storm games in september and october as well so guys i have two podcasts coming up this friday uh friday August 20th, my first podcast is at 12 o'clock Eastern. Guest is Pat Gregor from Cool Bet Canada, and he's also the color analyst for the National Lacrosse League's Halifax Thunderbird. He's going to come on, talk a little National Little Lacrosse League, and also maybe a little NFL and uh, some um, – Major League Baseball as well. Pat's a really good guy, and he's sometimes on the Fan 590 as well. But uh, definitely look forward to it. So Friday, August 20th at 12, Pat Greg Gore from Cool Bet Canada and Halifax Thunderbirds uh, color analyst will be on my podcast, which I look forward to. Pat's a nice guy. And then my uh, doubleheader on Friday, August 20th, 3 o'clock Eastern, guest Mike Camuto. He is a writer for the LA Kings website. And he's also the team historian for the OHL Sudbury Wolves. And he's also an author of the Hockey 365 series as well. His uh, latest book just came out if you want to check it out on Amazon as well. So I look forward to talking to Mike about his uh, uh, career writing for the LA Kings website and also being the team historian for the uh, Sudbury Wolves. And Mike is on uh, Twitter if you want to follow him there. Uh, he posts a lot of great stuff, uh, hockey uh, posts as well from the Sudbury Wolves and from the LA Kings as well. And just a reminder, guys, like I said, uh, CABL Championship Weekend will take place August 18th through the 22nd in Edmonton, Alberta at the Expo Center uh, with uh, the teams, four teams in it, will be the defending champions from last year, the Edmonton Stingers, Niagara River Lions, Ottawa Blackjacks, and Fraser Valley Bennett. My prediction is Edmonton wins uh, a second consecutive CEBL Championship, but we'll see what happens there. But uh, Mark... Richardson, thank you for coming on. And uh, again, I want to say thank you to Don Landry uh, for coming on and giving me some time uh, to talk on my podcast today as well. Uh, guys, just to let you know, 
Uh, like I said, I want to say thank you to also to everyone watching this live on YouTube, my Twitter page, and on Twitch. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm ever going to be back on Facebook. Uh, my account has been disabled for a month now, and I have no way of getting a hold of Facebook. So, But my podcast is going to continue, and I am working on a website for Live with CDP, and hopefully that will come up in the next little while as well. So, uh, And also, guys, before I go, Live with CDP podcast, the audio version is always downloaded after each live podcast on Google Podcast, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, and CastBox. So, uh, yeah, if you guys rather listen to my podcast, I uh, can do that too. I also download my uh, audio version of my podcast live with CDP onto my LinkedIn page too. So if you're following me on LinkedIn, uh, you can click on my um, audio version of my podcast there. I have a couple of big guests coming on next week too. I will announce some Friday night. I have uh, uh, one from Buffalo uh, coming on Monday. And one from Philadelphia coming on Tuesday. So if you guys tune into my podcast uh, on Friday, I got two again. Uh, I will announce who's coming on my podcast next Monday and Tuesday as well. I'm looking forward to it. I got more great guests coming on my podcast. And uh, I really enjoyed doing this. So anyways, uh, if anybody has any questions before I go, please let me know. If not, uh, we'll see you on Friday. Uh, I'm looking, like I said, I'm really looking forward to uh, uh, Friday's Doubleheader podcast. Uh, two good guys, and Pat and Mike. And uh, like I said, we'll talk a little more lacrosse with Pat as well. And we'll talk uh, NHL hockey and the LA Kings with Mike Camuto as well. So, and his book, Hockey 365. So, all right, guys. Uh, I hope you all, everybody has a great night. And again, thank you for watching Live with CDP on YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, and later listening to on Apple and Google uh, Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM, etc. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, like I said, guys, uh, we'll talk to you guys on um, Friday at 12 with Pat. Thanks again for watching Live with CDP. Good night, everybody.